quick content warning up the top. This episode, we spend about half the time talking about the sexual assault and indecency stuff coming out of Canberra this week. So if that's not your bag, uh, give this episode a miss and we'll catch you next time. You're listening to Not Good Enough, an inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Mitch Alexander. I'm Tom McLean. I'm Tom Lang. And I'm Evie. And as always, we have Isaac in our headphones, fact-checking facts that only come up once in a thousand years. (laughs) (laughs) Every week. That's a a once-in-a-hundred-year fact. It's never been seen before. (laughs) It's come up again. Oh, no. A scandal like this only happens in the government once in a century. (laughs) I love living through historical events. Oh, Lord. It's good to me. In the cool zone. (laughs) This is the cool zone podcast. Let's rip. (laughs) that oh that was definitive proof that you are the jock of the pod (laughs) (laughs) you missed my energy oh 100 percent i i missed your energy keep keeps me on my toes like forever just like like watching my back um (laughs) making sure i'm like keeping my lunch money real close to my pocket (laughs) (laughs) It's on site, Mitch (laughs) (laughs) No, I need a sausage roll today I'm hungry (laughs) I really think that cool zone meme is like Perfectly played out Like it really is We've hit the sort of point where like all the shit's happening (laughs) But it's sort of like It it feels like 2020 especially It was like Cool Zone, like season, you know, nine, where we're just like, <laughs> look, we're kind of out of ideas, but in the sort of way that we're just doing everything and yeah. like we've got way right. too many side plots going on. And you're just like, oh, we're sort of, it's not even cool anymore. It's just, <laughs> you know what it is? It's, we know civilization has been cancelled uh, at the end of the season. Yeah. So we're yeah. just doing whatever we want. We've got killer hornets. We've got, I don't know, what's this? A carnivorous koala? Sure. <laughs> we've got the, the writers in the room being like, all right, so unprecedented flood. Let's throw in some mice. Why not? <laughs> we've Why only not? done a flood, but we haven't done a mouse flood. You know, mouse it could work. Flood. It's a mouse flood. We're just doing all the biblical plagues in one go. Like, uh, uh, yeah. have we had the locusts yet? I don't know. Maybe like a firestorm. Oh no, we, we had the firestorm. The yeah, we had, we had locusts <laughs> a while ago. Yeah, didn't somewhere have unprecedented once in a thousand year locust floods or oh, floods plagues <laughs> plagues swarms? <laughs> Head writer just walks into the room and he's got biblical plagues on the whiteboard <laughs> and he's like, uh, and then he writes all at once underneath it, underlines it, and everyone's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I will say 2021 so far does have the energy of a show that was expecting to be cancelled and threw a lot of shit at the wall. And now they're trying to like mop it all back up. Like Joe Biden had that like fan elected. bounce, like they threw everything at the wall and everyone's like, it gets actually pretty cool. Yeah. 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 It's a dip in season seven, but stick with it, man. They turn it around. It doesn't get better, but it gets weirder. I mean, I'm just saying that. The only thing that I think can save us now is the death of the firstborn. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I'm just looking at world leaders around the world and I'm like, 100%, they're all firstborns. Can we get the yeah. lamb's blood happening? Come on. So, here's a question. Uh, just Lang, you're a science guy. Mm-hmm. If I'm an only child, there's yep. no secondborn. That doesn't, does that still count as firstborn? Yeah, it still counts. You're and done, Speaking Mitch. of firstborn, I'm, I'm the done only. as well, but I think it's a small price to pay. Yeah, me too. I'm a firstborn. Yeah, Peace, guys. Let's, let, let's just... <laughs> Well, wrapping it up, episode uh, not good enough, 63, we're done. <laughs> Isaac Isaac's reporting his firstborn as well. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac fact-checking, I'm also on the chopping block. <laughs> That's what it takes to start a podcast, is you just need to grow up 
having everybody listen to you because you're the only one who knows how to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck. Not good enough really does have firstborn or only child energy, doesn't (laughs) it? Eldest child energy. Holy shit. All right. This explains All of our listeners need to shut up and listen. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're informative and funny. All right, we covered the floods. We covered the mouse. Should we cover the floods? I feel like I feel like no. we, we no, we, we need to cover mention. the floods better. Yeah. yeah, we touched on the floods. We touched on the mice. Let's hit it. New South Wales inundated with once in a hundred year floods, which means stay tuned for twenty twenty three. They're gonna come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck yes. How, how long is La, uh, La Nina? Um, event supposed to happen? Is it like over the course of like two to three years? Because I know like we're in the La Nina. I think it's just like of... a one year. Oh. I don't know any of the science behind it, but I do know that I heard the term early on this year and then said it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> as soon yeah. as it's like raining, you're just like, well, it is La Nina. The one thing I know about meteorology is that it's simple and predictable. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but... Yeah, the the all of the videos of this flood in New South Wales are pretty nasty. It's it's some serious shit, like houses floating past and stuff. And the rule of thumb there is that means that this is by far the biggest flood since that house has been built. Um, and these do not look like <laughs> oh, new yeah, houses. That's, a, that's an interesting metric. Mm. That's that oh, is unassailable, yeah. I think. That yeah. is a very interesting metric because, like, and like all these houses, a lot of them have been through like the bushfires mm-hmm. and stuff recently mm-hmm. too. So if they didn't get knocked out by that one, they get knocked out by this one. But this is like, yeah, it's like it's not even regular stormage. Like there was a mini tornado in Chester Hill. Apparently, um, we're recording on Monday the twenty second. Uh, New South Wales has had uh, it's been declared as a natural disaster. There's up to fifty thousand people might need to be evacuated. Um, rivers have broken. There's 15 meter floodwaters. Like it's it's fucking intense. There's swarms of spiders in places, <laughs> which I fucking hate. No, thank you. That's a the cop, last thing you need. Cop. There was a cop car that was in floodwater that everyone seems to assume which... was just a cop drove into floodwater. <laughs> it's just fucking everything's gone mad. If we can't oh trust God, the we're cops. seeing videos of spiders, which is fucked, and we're seeing videos of cops, which is even more. <laughs> <laughs> you climb up the tree, there's a cop in there. You're like, for fuck's sake! <laughs> He's trying um, to shoot the waters. He's like, it does nothing. Yeah, um, look, if you're in New South Wales, like North New South Wales, South East Queensland, all of those affected places, holy shit, please stay safe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Please get to safety. Bef- like, if, if there's any doubt whatsoever, please just go and stay safe. Yeah, if emergency services are knocking on your door, go now because that means they're getting you at a time when you can still drive out of there. Like, don't wait till you get to the point where you have to be sitting <laughs> on your roof. Please. Don't wait yeah. for the cops to tell you when you can drive out of there because yeah. I'll fuck yeah. it up. SES are not cops. It's a different thing. <laughs> Stop listening to this podcast. Switch over to the emergency channels. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, no, I'll just keep the SES Twitter up in a tab here. I'll, yeah. I'll ping you if anything goes wrong. <laughs> keep keep us in one ear and turn it on on your car radio. On the yeah, other. just do stereo. Just w- get two iPods going. One in each. <laughs> you don't want to miss out on any info, but you don't want to miss out on any pod, right? Oh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, you don't want to miss out on that thing that you can pause at any time and listen at your leisure. Fuck that. You're in it now. Keep listening. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, look, this is, this is for, I think, anyone listening to th- a po- th- this podcast will know pretty innately now, I think, feel it, that this is just kind of what 
this type of climate change is. I think we've spent too long talking about how, you know, we've got eight years to really reverse it, to reach that that one degree of warming. If we hit two degrees of warming by 2035, then the 2050 target, it's like, no, no, this every day, things are being added to that feedback loop and every day things will get a little bit weirder and worse. And this is just what it's like now, but it's because of climate change. This isn't just... Oh, it's getting weirder, and pretty soon the climate change stuff's going to kick in. Yeah. No, this is it. Yeah, no, we're in it. it. Yeah. We're, we're fucking in it. It's like, yeah, we've been talking about climate change for decades, and so the climate has been changing for decades, and now it has changed. It is changing. That's it. We've got a changed climate. It's fucked. Hang on, hang on. I do want to just say a thing I used to say a lot, and I'll say it again, is climate is not an on-off switch. It's a dimmer. Yeah. We've started dimming it. We can keep dimming it. But we'd like to stop dimming it. Um, yeah. It will, it will get worse. But we can s- decide how bad it gets. Oh, this is the um, other thing because like, it can get so much worse. Yeah. The 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 thing as well is that, uh, I mean, I, I know you've mentioned it, Lang, and a lot of people like Keaton and Joshy especially have talked about how you know everyday things are getting a, a little bit worse or a little bit weirder but the whole thing with the targets as well is that it it, it obscures the fact that every day we can do little things the, the governments can do little things as well companies can do things that will reverse it there isn't just a, an on off for fixing climate change we can start working now in a mon- in a number of different ways to actually start halting this so it all is not lost we're not gonna we're not gonna reach like we're not gonna wake up on a june 12th one year and just be like that's it we're done we can we can keep working at it and we should never stop working towards reversing this because it is possible i also want to point out that you know every day you know we can wake up and do something small towards climate action but also every day a government can wake up and do something big towards climate action yeah like every single day we're keeping fossil fuel plants running we could stop them we could switch them off like Oh, throw the power grid into chaos. Yeah, but we could do it. You just got to keep in mind that we could. It is possible to turn off a power plant. Yep. You just can. It's not even that. Every day the government can choose to get up and make a plan to turn off the power plants, and yeah. they don't do that. Every yep. day they get up and they they actively decide to do nothing or make it worse. And that's Labour too, you bastards. <laughs> 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 what if we built just because we're saying the government gas. we mean the whole government every elected mp mm. not just the freaking yep i'm gonna Thanks leave hanson young i'm gonna leave a bucket <laughs> of drowned mice on albo's doorstep oh. <laughs> <laughs> just as a just, message just, just quickly because we haven't really touched on that is that our northern new south wales and southeast queensland are also experiencing a mouse plague yeah <laughs> there you go yeah and the mice are going into like water tanks in Dubbo and and regional New South Wales. So yeah, like I'm not drowning the mice; they are already dead, and I'm going to give them to Albo because this is partly his problem. So are you are you like caveating so like <laughs> Peter or the RSPCA don't come for you? Yeah, pretty <laughs> Look much. What Evie from Not Good Enough said. Like I'm 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 not in favour of drowned mice. I would rather the mice be alive away from me, but like. <laughs> Fuck! It's just I really such like a the weird... idea that Peter's the one that's going to get mad for like <laughs> doing a stunt that harms animals. Peter's mo is to like drown a bunch of mice and then put them on a billboard and be like, "This is what eating meat does." <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have Peter tangented does, in a way that will get us hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of Peter doing like terrorist stuff. Like every day, the meat industry is around. We'll shoot a puppy live on Facebook. I mean, okay, let's not get into Peter. What's right? There's no weird. difference, Lang. There's no difference. And no, no, no. I'm, I'm not convinced that Peter is not like 
just psyops by the meat industry. Oh, 100%. Oh, point. yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any Peter activist listening and you're like, we're not. You're like, well, you're doing a bad job enough that we think you are. So. <laughs> <laughs> As we've talked about in the last few weeks, uh, there has been an ongoing discussion about the safety of women in Parliament House and in places of employment all over Australia. And this has come to a head um, with the March for Justice, which happened last week on Monday. Um, And instead of meeting with the March for Justice protesters, Scott Morrison said the thousands of women marching across the country in every state and in several sort of regional centres too uh, should be stoked that they're not being shot. (laughs) Yeah. Because we've got a vibrant liberal democracy. Yeah, in literal exact yeah. words that he said, he, he, he said... This is a vibrant liberal democracy, Mr Speaker. Not far from here, such marches, even now, are being met with bullets. But not here in this country, Mr Speaker. Not here in this country. This is a triumph of democracy when we see... These things take place. Fuck me. Yeah, it, yeah. it is a... It is a deliberate choice of words to say be grateful you're not being shot um, it's a threat i honestly don't think it's a threat there are a lot of people saying like oh he's sending a message out yeah. to say you know like watch yourselves because you'll get shot but i i really think that it's just him talking about his own heart being like but but other countries get to shoot their protesters yeah pretty much Why not I, me? I don't yeah. think with scott morrison i think he bumbles into being a violent oppressor, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. whereas Peter Dutton definitely does it deliberately. Like Scott yeah, Morrison <laughs> is – remember, just to, as a reminder for our listeners, Scott Morrison is the guy who very gleefully has that statue on his desk that says, I stop these in the shape uh-huh. of a boat. Yeah, it's a reference to the refugee crisis. Mm. For him, it's just like a little game. It's a bit of fun. It's just a bit of marketing. And he, like, for him, he's like, oh, look at me. I got this trophy for myself because I'm the best at this. I reckon this, this, like, being met, the protest being met with bullets, I think it's a threat so far as, like, the dad who doesn't know how to raise children just knee jerkily goes for violence. Like, <laughs> if a kid, yeah. if, if the kid, like, he's a th- Actually, I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about Scott Morrison, but fucking look at him. It's the thing of like, you know, the, the the kid sneaking a snack and the dad sees it and just goes for the belt instinctively. Whether he'll use it or not, he's still going like, oh, this is how I discipline you. And his thing to go about, you, you know what's really good? You know what shows how good this country is? We're not shooting you. Ah! And it's yeah. like, it's, it's, not, it's not a direct, he's not openly threatening the women of Australia, but it's, it's the connections that he draws and why he decides to bumble into that, why that's his go-to. The fact that your brain goes there. Exactly. If you see yeah. the kid misbehaving and just being like, well, if I was a worse dad, I'd beat the shit out of you for that. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why, is your, why is that in your brain? Like, wh- what are you saying to your kids? Yeah. Like, speaking of what was this guy thinking, uh, the police commissioner of New South Wales, uh, previously on this show, known for uh, approving of the strip searching of children, um, in a press conference, decided to suggest just off the cuff that maybe the response to um, the difficulties in reporting rape was to have an app for consent. Now, the interesting thing is not only that he get immediately yelled at by literally everyone about this, as he should, <laughs> and I really approve just from of that. every single just direction. Just, every that's a horrible person. idea, you idiot. <laughs> every single person. He actually said in that press conference, he's like, 
this is maybe the worst idea I've ever had. And I'm just like, okay, so there is a point in your brain where there is something in your brain that's saying, dude, don't say this. Don't say this out loud. <laughs> just, just chill for a second and shut up. And he still said it anyway. And everyone oh around God. him is just going, what the hell, man? Like, you said that. I think we could hear you saying that. <laughs> I think he's just thinking of sexual assault as this, like, blue sky crazy problem. Like, if someone was to go, Mick Fuller, how will we get humans to Mars? He'd be like, oh, I don't know. I don't have any good ideas. Maybe, like, an app or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not really a problem I've thought about before, though. Is this, is this him holding a press conference just being like, maybe we need some kind of, like, wizard or sorcerer to sort it out for us? Yeah. Can just, like, like, legitimately. No wrong answers here, guys. No wrong predict answers. Predict the future with a giant crystal ball? It's just spitball in here. Yeah. Like, fuck off. If you don't have, like, this is something that your department should have been looking into for, say, the last hundred years. Um, and the fact that you, you are going up to this press conference and just spitballing the worst idea you've had all, all year to solve <laughs> rape... Um, I feel like you should have something in the pocket better than that. <laughs> this is also the thing. He has no, as Evie said, he has no credibility on this issue in the first place because this is the man whose police force was just caught out strip-searching minors without their guardians present by the hundreds. And when he was caught out, he was like, well, you know, you got to do it, though. You, gotta <laughs> you, you fucking don't. Oh, well, children should be a bit afraid of the police. Like, what, <laughs> what, what, what are you bringing to this conversation? Why is anyone talking to you and why is anyone paying you and why are you not in a ditch, you fuck? You know how you said, like, he wishes a wizard would solve it? I honestly think that is the case for, like, so much structural problems. Like, because the work that's involved to undo such a painful legacy and history, and this could apply with so many things, but that's why Silicon Valley, like brain disease when it comes to apps, is so um, mm. prevalent because people don't want to do the work. It's hard when you think about it. Like I haven't wanted to think about so much of the stuff that's happening this week because it's very painful and you don't want to like mm. – you don't want to think about it like, you know, 24-7. Otherwise, you will go insane. Yeah. But like the idea that it can be cured by an app – or blockchain. I had the worst conversation about this fucking app. Just like, I know like Twitter is the worst and you're going to like run into someone who was going to have the most brain dead take at any point. But <laughs> some person with like blockchain in their username saying to me like, actually, if you had like the secure answers and it was on the blockchain, then it would be fine. And I'm like, okay, like, so walk me through this. How is this not the same as regular encryption? And also, um, how is this not like, you know, a thing that someone could, you know, still coerce someone into saying, yes, I consent. And they're like, well, then we could just have a false like flag that you could hit a button that says yes, but actually it means no. And then when you hit the no, it goes to the police. I'm like, well, <laughs> what you're just doing is just putting just like a literal just maze of buttons when you're tr – when oh God, it doesn't even bear thinking about. It's stupid. <laughs> I mean, we already have apps where you can push a button and it calls the police. Um, God. Use <laughs> Use that instead of and, your blockchain shit. And that also has not worked. <laughs> no, because the police don't give a shit. 
if we were sitting out to solve this problem of like consent and someone was like, I've got this idea. What if everyone carried around a rubber stamp with their own signature engraved in it? And before you had sex, you both stamped a piece of paper. And your first objection to that is like, oh, but what if somebody could forge a stamp rather than that's a fucking stupid idea. Like, <laughs> that's the that's the blockchain consent app. And, and it, I do have to mention here that the idea of a blockchain consent app has already been floated in the past. Um, it was mostly a publicity stunt. Uh, it happened it, it, as um, I think some Dutch idiots called um, Legal Fling <laughs> decided to propose this oh, in 2014. Yeah. And the yeah. funniest thing about it is that for this particular discussion that happened this week, um, Channel 7 uh, Sunrise, they basically found this out, but rather than saying, hey, someone has already suggested it, you moron, they actually <laughs> used the picture of that app, photoshopped this suggestion over the top that Mick Fuller made and used it as the image for like reporting on this story, which is... <laughs> This is so stupid. It is like, and like what I was trying to say before, it is really frustrating to me that so much of dialogue about sexual assault and violence against women in this country, like, first of all, it's very heterosexual, the idea of like the way in which we talk about consent. It's very binary. It's a lot of it is is like, it's described as a thing that happens at the start of sex and that's it. And, mm. and and also it is a thing that's especially in the case of like a consent app is usually described as a thing that only needs to be required between strangers who have never had sex before. Like, mm. like okay, yeah, consent app for me when I'm married. Okay, I just need to like make my husband tick a box every time we root. Like, great, that's definitely a thing that's going to happen. <laughs> root ticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like there's. There's just so many things like specifically wrong with just the idea of like, here's the thing that you tick when you start sex, whenever that is, like when you start, <laughs> whatever that means, sex, whatever that means with, you know, one person once overnight and all that sort of shit's confusing, but it's like, it just speaks to the mindset of the people proposing it. Yeah. And, and this, this goes to the wider conversation that's been happening uh, rightly for the last little while about how men not only conceive of sex, but conceive mm-hmm. of consent, conceive of women, conceive of respect, think how they think about all these things is writ large in all these little microcosmic moments. Like Mick Fuller going, oh, maybe an app could fix it. Because yeah. he yeah. couldn't conceive of any idea outside of what he already thinks to be the case. Yeah, it's because the actual solution of like put a lot of work into yourself so that you can understand that other people are full entire people and you need to treat them with respect. Like it, it's, Oh, what, what if you just press a button though? But put a lot of work into like making sure that that's an idea that's actually reinforced by the society you live in too. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. You just have to have fucking uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations with your mates. Like yeah. this is the thing like with like what men need to be doing more is just, and I've fucking felt this too. And I regret some moments where I don't say something where someone just drops a shit joke and everyone feels a bit uncomfortable. And I just go, yeah. Oh. yeah. I was like, I, what you need to do is start to push back against that sort of shit. You also need to, yeah, work on yourself to, 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 to undo. Un- in, in a way, you need to work on yourself to undo some of the shit things that you've learned, some of the shit attitudes, the offhand things that you think about women and sex and all that sort of stuff. Whenever you have like brief moments of those thoughts of like, oh, well, what was she doing there? Or why, why was she like that? Or, oh, that's, that's pretty bad. It's like, no, no, no. 
divorce those ideas entirely from your from your fucking mind. But there's also like this is the this is the part that needs the social work is that it's really hard to know when you don't know something. Yeah. So you just have yeah. to be open to getting fucking pushback. You have to be open to hearing that something that you did was pretty shit even when you thought it wasn't. It's one thing to be told like you know like fucking getting accused of a sexual assault like mm. that's fucked. But to be told in moments where you're just like, hey, that made me pretty uncomfortable or that I didn't like that or this is a red flag for me. And if you go, fuck off it is, that's how you fucking grow. It's yeah. those moments. And, and you need to be open to accepting that. And you also really need to challenge yourself as a dude to just, you know, obviously read the room. If there's a drunk fuckhead, don't do it. But to push back against it and to give those moments to other men. That actually reminds me of something, Mitch, that um, this actually applies to any gender, any sexuality. But one thing um, that I've learnt over the years, um, it's from a blog called Captain Awkward. I know there's a couple of fans on this on the pod. Good old Captain Awkward. <laughs> Love Captain Awkward. Um, they talk about this is now something they didn't invent but is something they've expounded upon. It's the theory of like the um, geek social fallacies. And one of the things that's a geek social fallacy is the idea of the missing stare in social groups. Now, Mm. the missing stare in a social group is basically that one fucking guy. Now, I'm using guy as a general term here, but it's often a guy. It's probably (laughs) a guy. The percentage likelihood is that it's probably a guy. And the reason why this is a geek social fallacy is because it often happens in groups that are like very geek-centric because – it's a social awkwardness not to talk about when someone is breaking a social boundary. And so the missing stare is like that guy who makes women just a little bit uncomfortable in the group, but not so much that it is like, hey, dude, stay away from my girlfriend. Like, you know, put you put your arms down and get out of here. It's just enough that it's it's only visible to some and not necessarily to others. Rumours like, you know, occasional. Yeah, yeah like you whisper in yeah, people's the, ears. The missing stare metaphor is like... You've the, stopped noticing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been around for so long. And so this is the guy who you're like, oh, you know, he's he's a bit of a dickhead, but oh, I've known him since year nine and you know, he's mm. all right. So you I walk over the missing stare. Maybe anymore. he isn't. Yeah. You walk over the missing stare and you work around it um, and... That is like that can become a really poisonous atmosphere for then eventually allowing things like sexual harassment to get through because that's why people like that get away with it for a long time. If you think about like, you know, comedians who like eventually like, you know, a lot of their peers come forward and say, hey, yeah, he was harassing me for a long time, but I felt I couldn't say anything because all these other guys were like friends with him and say, oh, yeah, like he can be a bit weird, but I guess he's all right and he's never been mean to me or any of my like friends and stuff like that and you just kind of keep it to yourself and you be quiet Mm. and that's how that environment grows and like – I think there is a lot to be said for, A, evaluating if you yourself are the missing stare, (laughs) which I think involves a lot of uncomfortable conversations with yourself and other people, but also like looking around at your friends and thinking about the kind of behavior that you just try to say, oh, I guess it's all right, and wondering what happens that you don't see. I want to speak to the, the idea of yourself being the missing stare for a second, which is just like... I, I think there's sort of a, a second, like a, a flip side of that one, which is like no matter how much work that you've put into yourself, you really just can't sort of sit back and be like, 
well, I'm good now, though. Mm. You know, I've realised that feminism is good. I've realised that women should have, you know, autonomy and that sex shouldn't be a transactional thing and, and blah, 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 blah. But, like, no matter how many realisations you've had about that, you are someone who has grown up in a patriarchal and misogynistic society. The, the, the pop culture that you consume is packed full of that stuff. Mm. Like... There, there is no way that you've got all of it. Like, just the, the idea that you've got, you've found and eradicated all of it in yourself is ludicrous. Y- mm. You need to sort of just always be, I guess, just always be vigilant. But, like, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Try and notice those intrusive thoughts when they happen and just be like, hold on a second, that was fucked. I'm going to try and, you know, keep an eye out for that, well, you know, th- idea in my head in future for sure. I think <laughs> the idea of eradication is... That's where it's that's a stumbling block for people because you're right in that we live in a misogynist society. So it's not that you find it eradicated and it never comes back. It's that you have to be vigilant of the fact that it will be reinforced and supported at creeping back in because of everything that we consume. So you can't just go, oh, I know this, and then be good. Because if you don't stay on top of it and you let the 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 you know, your friends keep saying those sort of things and, and you have those groups that keep, uh, you know, talking about things the wrong way and doing shit things, it just creeps back in and will erode the work you've done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and, the project. And, and that means then that you don't view sexual assault and sexual harassment as, like, purely the purveyor monsters. Hmm. And by monsters, yes. I mean just a stranger in the dark. It is yeah. something that it can happen in your home, like with your housemates, it can happen to friends of yours who wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable telling you or telling anyone else. Like, you know, like coming to terms with the fact that it can be very close to home by people that you don't necessarily suspect because they don't look creepy. Um, And then- your partner. Exactly. And then that means then when you see slash like slash you, yeah, slash you exactly. And, and then when it means that when you see like worse examples of it, you can see the culture that leads to the kind of behaviour men have when they treat women in this way. And, and hmm. I, I realise I'm leading up to a specific point here, which is that today um, there was a report out that. Uh, once again, and another horrific story about you know the 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 harassment of women in Australian Parliament House uh, that staffers bought sex workers and brought them into Parliament House and swapped pics and videos of women and performed solo sex acts on a female politician's desk, and there are pictures of it censored. And I had a very visceral reaction to this because for me it just shows the pervasive just. It, it's it, like I know the term boys club gets bandied around quite a bit in terms of parliament and like, you know, corporate workplaces and stuff like that. But for me, when I think of boys club, I think no matter how much I lean in, no matter how much I work my ass off, no matter even if I become a manager or a senior person at a company, there is always this kind of man who does not want me here and knows that the best way to deal with that is to just treat me like this, like an object, to sexually harass women in this way as an intimidatory thing. Like, it is just so insane how pervasive that is. Like, men know, and I'm sure any listener could agree with this, that men know that the easiest way to intimidate a woman is to, you know, act in this way, to sexually harass them. It it is a violent act in itself. It's the thing you hear about a lot in, like... um 
oh, like the the scandals that come out of video game companies yes. where people are like oh they're not they're not being sexist but it's just like this is the culture of the company we're a bunch of gamers we like to do lad stuff we play pranks i put my dick on people's shoulders if you can't fit in here you know this is just how it is um and it's like yeah the the problem is that that's how it is and the problem is that you've cultivated a toxic yeah. environment specifically to weed out anyone who isn't exactly like you because any you have described the problem yes yeah. any we're not any... being sexist we are sexist yeah you you created a toxic atmosphere of sexism and and anyone who isn't a lad is immediately going to take one breath and be like, oh, this is actually like 90% chlorine gas. I can't survive here. And they go, well, there's no women here because they can't hack it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and like, yeah, and, and it makes every sort of like, you know, um, measure that women like to tell ourselves that we can succeed in the workplace. It completely null and voids it. Mm. Um, it, it like, you know, it doesn't matter how smart we are. It doesn't matter how ambitious we are. We just know that there is always that kind of guy who doesn't want us to be there and can use that effectively to make us not feel welcome. Yeah, you've got to fumigate the whole place to make it safe for human habitation. Yes, oh my God. The, sh- the shit that I've heard too from like being in the comedy scene about, you know, female performers backstage and like just with one other dude and he just gets his dick out. It's a bit of a laugh, eh? And like, or just like the the untoward sexual advances where they're like, they're hitting on you, but it's like a, it's like a fucking... Alt right fascists. I'm just trolling. If it, yeah. if, but you know, but what if? But I'm a, I'm just joking. But I mean, what if I wasn't? W- women get attuned to the vibe, mm. and we have to be. We're yeah. forced to be. And I think that's where, like, men use it deliberately to intimidate, and I think plenty of men use it unconsciously to intimidate. They don't. Mm. They just know that they can, you know, feel like they're on top of the pile. And oh, I get there by being a bloody lad. And it's like, well, no, you are like, yeah, intimidating women and sometimes even other men in a way that is just like it is. It's genuinely fucked. And it, the, the way it affects people doesn't I don't think hasn't been talked about nearly enough until the last, you know, however long of just like even just you jokey jokes with some boys. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Even if everyone there found it sort of funny to start with, it's really Definitely, like life-changingly upsetting for some people when that shit happens. Mm. Like you can't, you can't just get away mm. with like. But, but I was joking. It's also, like if everyone there found it funny, everyone there sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Again, and you're I, describing a problem. It's a bit like a cab, where it's like you might not be specifically a sexist dude, but if you're in a sexist workplace and you're tolerating that, <laughs> you're sort of allowing that to happen. Like, like Mitch or McLean or myself could go and get a job at one of those video game companies and we would be able to breathe the atmosphere because it's not toxic specifically to us. We might find it a bit obnoxious, but if we if we tried, we could ignore it and get by and do okay at that company, but it's an atmosphere that's toxic to everybody else. And yeah. if we didn't go, hey, is this this doesn't seem right, then we're allowing that problem to get worse. Yep. See, I've decided now on the basis of today's news that it's now APAB, all politicians are bastards. Because you're in, <laughs> you're literally in Parliament oh, and this yeah. is happening. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you condone it. Because if, if everyone knows, then you're all fucking bastards. If yeah. you know this, then of course you are. Especially if you're an MP. Like, you've got parliamentary privilege. You can say a name. 
Yes. Do it. If you have parliamentary privilege and you have not said anything about this, fuck you, APAB. You've just been I'm- sitting on the dirt so you don't rock the boat. <laughs> I'm genuinely shocked that some of the stuff came out. Like someone obviously has like leaked all of these messages mm. to people. Like this is some, this is some of the biggest open secret shit. Like when Four Corners were doing their reports on all the different politicians and like here's this one affair that we know of. Ooh, it's, it's like. Everyone in Canberra is sucking and fucking and doing cocaine all the goddamn time. It is it is debauch. And it's a huge open secret. And so, like, not even the totally fucked stuff that's come out, but even, like, the consensual fuck stuff that's come out today uh. is, like, hopefully this will allow a bunch, like, heaps more people to just understand who's running our country and how they're running the country. What is actually important to these fucking people? Mitch, that's just reminded me of like when I joined Twitter like many, many moons ago now of like just being a random Australian person using Twitter and like, you know, being also obnoxious about politics, which means I got to talk to like some journalists and that sort of thing and almost immediately learning about like the kind of affairs that happen in Canberra. I'm a fucking nobody and I found out like almost immediately the kind of fucked Mm. up stuff that happened there. So it is clearly an open secret and- has been for, you know, decades. And that's why I'm so tired of hearing this stuff too. Like, of course there was some guy pulling his dick out on a female MP's table. Like, they were, like a, you know, Troy Buswell, like, you know, how many, however many years ago, <laughs> sniffing someone's chair. Like... Mm. <laughs> 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 like, this fucked up shit has happened for decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes that guy that had the, the big titty anime figures seem kind of harmless. Oh yeah, but that's the thing. No, it's the big titty anime figurines guy. That 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 the the fact that some of these like um, scandals that were coming out today were of a consensual nature and like people like um, buying services of sex workers and that sort of thing. Like a consensual sex act is fine, but just don't do it in your office. Yeah, during work what's the hours. matter with you? Yeah, yeah. there is a, a very big difference between sexual assault and having gross anime figurines in your office. Both are highly unprofessional, but one is like straight up monstery, and the other one's just like, why the fuck are you in government with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah they just speak. They just speak to the actual character of the people in parliament. I think that's mm. that. That's yeah. Yeah, well, I think it speaks to the character. It speaks to like it speaks to the sexist, entitled environment. Mm. What you can get away with. They're like, yeah, we can get away with it. Also, like, you look at the flip side of this, where, like, David Lionhelm called Sarah Hansen Young a slut or something. Mm. Like, a while, like, like, if it's an open secret, then it's also, like, the reverse is happening where the, the women are still getting, like, taunted publicly for being sexually mm. active. Like, whether or not even, you know, Sarah Hansen Young, like, did anything. It's like... <laughs> whether, she, whether or not she is a slut doesn't matter. Standard. Yeah. It's flabbergasting. But yeah. Yeah, you know that Sarah Hansen already, like, feels uncomfortable by another MP calling her a slut in her own workplace. It is it's, – it's, work, it's yeah. your workplace. It's like even, like, if you can fuck someone yeah. in your workplace, it's your workplace. don't fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Go Just, anywhere else. We are on a planet of <laughs> billions of people. You could fuck anyone. Anyone. If we know anything about our politicians, they will charge us for flights they shouldn't be taking to go somewhere else. Mm. Fuck then. Don't come back to work to do it. It's about power, though. If you can't yeah. go into a, an MP's office and do gross things on the table, uh, what are you even there for? To make the country a better place? <laughs> Bloody be a doctor. 
Yeah, like, I, I don't think I really have anything more to say other than, like, I just, I'm so fucking sick to death of hearing mm. this stuff, like, it, every week. It just seems relentless at the moment. And mm. I, I'm pretty sure, like, 90% of women feel the same way too. It's just like, if mm. nothing's going to change, what's the fucking point? I think I'm going to bring maybe a slightly optimistic spin to this one, is that maybe the reason it's been so fucked for the last couple of weeks is because things are changing. Like, the open secrets are becoming less and less secret mm. yeah. like the the, Actually, the fact is nice like we've spent weird. the last like three or four weeks talking about you know just a constant stream of revelations about particular mps being involved in like sometimes monstrous and sometimes just incredibly misogynistic and, and like tasteless acts yeah that like would be whispered about but now we are you know talking about them on our podcast and maybe that is you know a, a lead up to so it's politicians actually keeping it in their fucking pants or destroying yeah, someone, parliament. I'm all I'm fine for either way. Can we do both, please? <laughs> someone in someone in parliament broke O'Murder and and leaked thing. He like broke the sacred code. Uh, I'm gonna the guess he, it might it might have it might have been a woman. I have no idea who leaked those sort of things. But we have asked people to do that since we started this podcast. Like if you're at Centrelink and you've got some like juicy fucking like proof that illegal shit's happening, leak it. Leak all this Leak shit. It. Burn it fucking yeah. down. It's 2021. It's post-corona. <laughs> Rules don't matter. Leak yeah. it. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I've got to preserve my career for the future. There's no future. Leak it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one way to get out of the all cops are bastards or all politicians are bastards or stuff like that. If you're a cop and you're like, but I'm not a bastard. I don't do the bad stuff. Prove it. There's, the easy way yeah, out of that it. is tell us who's doing the bad stuff and to help us take them down and then quit being a cop. Well, don't help us take him down. We're a podcast. We're no, yeah. idiots. We're cowards. <laughs> all. Tell Maybe not Mitch, but-, <laughs> but there are there are still people who will take that kind of information and help you leak it and help you publish it yeah. and legal it and that sort of thing. Um, it is still possible to do that in this country in a way that protects you. And yes, you know, being a whistleblower is hard. I know that. I'm well aware of like you know the kind of uh, blowback that people have had, um, but. It's still, it seems like such an imperative in a time where things are constantly changing, where there's just one historical event after another. Just, it mm. feels like the right time. You may as well go for it. Yeah. yeah. I think with the, the politics and sexism stuff, I don't think that is getting worse um, objectively. I think it's getting worse compared to the rest of society, um, which is what you were saying earlier. So that's, I guess, some comfort. 20 years ago, they just would have done it and no one would have given a shit. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Actually, Lang, you're absolutely right. It's not necessarily getting worse. The carpet is just being lifted and everyone's now yeah. finding out about all the things that were happening anyway. Yeah. Ugh, there's all these dead mice. Yeah. <laughs> Parliament stinks. So, the climate is getting worse. I should be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Silver lining, maybe Canberra will entirely flood or burn down. Oh, it's not anywhere near the fucking coast. Yeah. But it could burn down. Could oh, burn they down. didn't even bloody build it near the bloody coast. <laughs> it's not in the bloody bush. They're not going to burn light. down. Burly Griff oh. will go up about 30 centimetres. <laughs> Bashing my clipboard. Comet, comet, yeah, comet. <laughs> <laughs> So some more fuck shit that's happening in the government, um, but of a different flavour this week, so that's nice, is that ASIO, which is Australian's... It's like Australia's CIA, right? It's our spy guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to stop using the terms right-wing extremism uh, and Islamic extremism in their, like, 
reports and stuff <laughs> in their posts in their in their in their takes they're going to stop saying <laughs> right wing or left wing they're going to say oh this is this is political extremism oh. or this is this is religious extremism of a very non-specific type and you're like okay i, I guess that's a bit weird though because isn't it important to define right wing extreme like terrorists um, versus left wing extreme terrorists, um, because the right wing extreme terrorists like to like, like shoot a lot of people, and the left wing extremists tend to like create workers' rights and stuff. <laughs> and I love this quote because Mike Burgess, who's the Director General uh, of Security of, of ASIO, um, he was like, "Look, this isn't because we've had pressure by the government to stop using the term right wing extremists, even though uh, Dutton." who's the, the minister in charge of home affairs. A right-wing extremist. Um, and a right-wing extremist <laughs> hates... He's, he's, he hates the term right-wing extremism. And sure, he's not putting any pressure on them. But Mike Burgess, head of the ASIO, uh, said... And I love this. Uh, so in recent times, we've got this new ideology. They're a real concern. It's about 40% of our priority counterterrorism caseload. It's a whole range of things. White supremacists, racists, neo-Nazis, anti-Semitism, other hmm. strange things. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't assign left or right to it. Oh, and I'm um... like... Huh. <laughs> I, think, I think I would. But I think that would, in fact, be easy. Lang, you missed, you missed the important bit in the middle there, in my mind. is Because mm-hmm. the quote is, that 40% caseload is a whole range of things. White supremacist, racist, neo-Nazis, anti-Semitism, and some other strange things. Our caseload is across the board. It oh, does vary, and I wouldn't assign left or right to it. It oh. fucking doesn't. You just said what it is, and it's all right wing shit. <laughs> I love how he's, he's put in that, etc. Et et sorry, what's yeah. etc. Like some other strange things is doing so much fucking work in that. That's Holy presumably shit. just one greenie that's been pushed too far. I have a contrary take on this one, honestly. Mm. I don't want to say I believe in Mike Burgess, um, but <laughs> I believe the head of the spies. <laughs> I I do I, I just sort of I'm just putting myself in his shoes there, and if I was running an organization that like let's extend him the benefit of the doubt for a second and imagine that he does want to address the Nazis, like actually hmm. take down the Nazi threat, and if I was in his shoes and I was looking at this government, I was like. If every time I say right-wing extremism, they say, no, we don't care about that. Shut up. It's not a problem. We're cutting ASIO's funding. Like, they, 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 the government really does, like, lose its shit every time a right-wing extremist threat mm. gets revealed and, like, immediately jump in to, like, downplay the, the sort of the severity of it and, and hype up, like, oh, the, you know, the BLM protests yeah. that we've oh, had, though, yeah, those right, are blah, blah, blah. extremists. And as 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 the director of the intelligence agency, I would be sitting here thinking, like, I wish that I could fucking talk about Nazis without having the conversation immediately be like, oh, but the Black Lives Matter protests in Melbourne spread coronavirus, maybe. Like, I, I, I think maybe I would be like, look, m- maybe I'm going to go after left-wing Nazis as well. I'm just going to find the Nazis <laughs> and I'm going to take them down. And if they turn out to be lefty Nazis, yeah. cool. If they turn out to be right, I'm just going after Nazis. No matter where on the political spectrum they are, I'm on board with that. I think that's maybe a pragmatic approach in a frankly horrifying context (laughs) where the entire government is right-wing extremists. (laughs) And so you've got to maybe tread a little bit carefully. (laughs) Uh, Look, I absolutely agree. And ASIO does tend to put out pretty straight down the line reports. Um, And in fact, a lot of reports coming from a lot of sectors of government like this that aren't 
like elected members of, of parliament do tend to be like, because they're quite accountable, here's our caseload that are Nazis, most of it. Here's our caseload that are greenies, uh, hardly any of it. <laughs> You know, climate change is a major security threat. Here are all the facts. And and the the actual elected government tends to respond by f- shredding that and downplaying it and ignoring it. I just want so, to put it on record. I, I just want to put it on record that while I thoroughly enjoy the diverse voices we have here on uh, Not Good Enough, that I personally... <laughs> Don't subscribe to the uh, the the like Democrats fawning over the FBI adjacent <laughs> idea that maybe ASIO are the good guys because ASIO's track record in <laughs> Australia and abroad uh, against minorities is fucked. And you know what? I'm just going to leave. Oh, yeah. it, I'm going to leave open the possibility that you mm. might be right in saying that uh, the people at the, at the top of ASIO want to work around our government to stamp out um, right wing extremism because it threatens the country. And they're extreme nationalists, maybe, and they really are patriotic and want to do their job. But also, oh, yeah. I'm going to leave open the possibility that absolutely not, and this is just straight down the line as fucked as it looks. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe. I'm gonna b- b- just quibble with that a little bit <laughs> and just say if you're drawing a good and bad line, you're wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, nothing that I said implied that anyone at ASIO is good. It's just, you're just describing a potential motivation. Not not the hearts and minds of men. Then. Yeah. I'm saying maybe they're Nazi hunters. Also, ACAB, and you can have the two in your head at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I was going to say oh, that ACO is like cops, so ACAB. And ANHAB, all Nazi hunters are bastards. Some Nazi hunters are bastards for sure. <laughs> Isaac, <laughs> do a prevent diagram. <laughs> <laughs> A good thing that's come out of recording on a Monday is that we've gotten some uh, juicy Monday news as well. So off the back of the ASIO terminology and not bringing up right-wing extremism and whatnot anymore is that they had their uh, Senate estimates and whatnot today. And we had an elected official in the Senate, uh, Conchetta Ferravanti-Wells from the Liberal Party, shockingly, um, <laughs> say out loud or the Labour Party <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> she might be a left wing Nazi who knows <laughs> <laughs> um, like just publicly and as far as I know wasn't instantly like crash tackled and taken out or wasn't mm. laughed out or wasn't like censored and fired immediately had her was- mask torn off why it was old man <laughs> Hitler all along <laughs> <laughs> she genuinely ran the old conspiracy line that Nazis are left wing and that Nazism has its origins in communism. <laughs> Which is hilarious. And was talking like, like directly about like, you know, she, was, she was talking to the head of ASIO about like the use of this language and talking about, is this going to be a good opportunity to educate people on the actual history of Nazism and that they're left wing mm. and, and they have the antecedent in communism. And that's fucking scary to hear because that is not only fascist ideology in Australian government, but that is a fucking idiot in the Australian government and they have a lot of power. They have a lot of power. Genuinely, her thing was like, oh, it's it's like the name's National Socialists. Mm. That means they're socialists. Like, that, it, it, it doesn't. 
<laughs> yeah. You're, you're a member of the Liberal Party. It's the Conservative Party. You're fucking... <laughs> you know when World War II ended, a bit like um, Batman versus Superman, when Stalin and Hitler, Hitler were about to punch each other, and then they realised they were both communists. <laughs> They've been fighting for the same thing. So I mean, no, I think it didn't like, happen. They hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just want to like just as a very brief sort of thing. It really shouldn't need needed to be said, but like <laughs> the Nazis were not socialist. They had <laughs> like like in the same way that the Liberal Party aren't socialist because right now we have some sort of like free healthcare in the mm. country and like a free education system. Like the Nazis had socialists in the name because they were appealing to workers. They fed some hungry people and they got everyone into work. That's it. They also like smashed the socialist parties in that country. Mm. The they communists. killed the communists. They, first, like, they came for the communists. The, 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 <laughs> so this is the thing. This is the th- that poem that we all know. The first they came for. Oh, they came for some people, and then eventually they came for the Jews, and then and then they they did. I, there was no one to speak for me. The, f- the 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 lines in that are first they came for the communists, then socialists, then trade unionists, mm-hmm. then Jews, and I didn't speak up, and then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. There is in no way, shape or form were the Nazis, like they weren't even pretending to be socialist except for the name. They Mm. ran massive privatization runs. They sold off all of their assets like it was the Howard government. (laughs) Howard's a Nazi. They got all of their initial votes from right-wing conservatives. Income inequality spiked under Nazi privatization. Mm. It's it's, it's in no way were they socialist. Except the name, but Literally, the name says it. See, that's the thing, Mitch. Like, anyone who says that, like, says that, oh, yeah, well, socialism is in the name, therefore, like, you know, all socialists are Nazis, is literally spreading Nazi propaganda. That is the mm. only comeback yeah. that they deserve and, like, don't deserve anything to be listened more or platform more. It is just, you are literally mm. spreading Nazi propaganda. The end. But who can, who can really say for sure whether um, Conchetta Ferravanti Wells is an actual neo? <laughs> um, she was. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just like throw out some random facts about her life um, and just without any connection to anything else. Um, you mentioned how Peter Dutton was pushing back against ASIO's use of right wing extremism. Um, uh, uh, Wells was also someone who was publicly talking about how the use of the term right wing in these ASIO reports on terrorism offended conservatives. Mm-hmm. But so we can't yep, use it anymore because conservatives mm. are offended. Mm-hmm. Um, this came up today, though, when uh, her deranged ranting in the Senate came out, was that uh, it was reported in Crikey that in 2007 uh, she went to a neo-Nazi celebration. Um, mm. It's it's a it's a bit of a long story, but essentially there is a um, a faction of Croatians in this country still to this day that have connections to a neo-Nazi uh, puppet state, the independent state of Croatia, which was formed in 1941 and instantly set off a pogrom and genocide in uh, Croatia, started by the Ustasha. It's a it's a whole thing if you want to look into it. But uh, on a day in April, they get together and they celebrate what they call as fucking these right wing. White nationalist weirdos always fucking do that. It's just about independence. It's when we got mm. our real independence. And so she was at a neo-Nazi celebration um, back in 2007, celebrating that. Um, uh, seven years later, um, in 2014, SBS reported that a different Liberal Party politician attended a function for the same thing in the same spot on her behalf. So she didn't go back, but she sent someone uh, on her behalf. Yeah. And that was Craig Kelly. 
Like, then you just can't tell me that there's not that fucking the cooked pipeline is just like it's just a big sewerage tunnel under the city. Like, it's just, uh, yeah. So, doing like a bit more digging, um, and this is like, yeah, to talking about ASIO and what they will and won't allow in this country is that um, in the 60s and 70s, um, the uh, Ustasha were um, in Australia just performing Nazi acts. Um, they were like killing Yugoslav immigrants. They were um, setting up like uh, pogroms, like trying to establish a power base in Australia. Um, there was a Nazi propagandist um, who was known as Little Goebbels, who was a senior power broker within the Liberal Party after World War II. And ASIO did nothing for this. This neo-Nazi group through the through the 60s and 70s was found to be directly responsible for nearly 15 attacks. It inspired dozens more. And ASIO and the Australian security apparatus did nothing until a bomb went off and uh, hurt some bystanders and public outcry was then enough to be like, now they're hurting people that aren't involved that we can't turn a blind eye to. And mm, that's when yeah. they got involved. Yeah, they're still fundamentally cops. They're the people who you call up and they show up six hours later being like, oh, maybe drug addicts did it. I'll be back later. Ooh, who can say? I'm going to jot something down in my notebook and not get back to you. Like, <laughs> and I think this, this really goes to show that politicians that do this, like, fuck stuff, that they will be, you know, in 2007, she was probably like, oh, I didn't really know. I thought it was just a Croatian community thing. Ah, whatever. It was just a little mistake. She goes on to do more fucked stuff. Craig Kelly does fuck stuff. And now you've got her in in Parliament saying the Nazis were socialists. We don't want to talk about right-wing propaganda. They, they don't make one little racist shit mistake and then correct their ways they stay in government for decades and decades making things worse making decisions that affect all of us yep there's a there's a story out of the states uh, earlier this week of a cop who uh shot at a cow that had escaped did you guys see this one no. <laughs> so a cow apparently got out of a barn and the cop shot at the cow but he missed the cow and he shot another cop mm-hmm. three times nice. and you're like <laughs> Fuck. You weren't fucking aiming at the cow, <laughs> were you? And that's Conchetta Viravanti Wells and her Nazi mistakos is her Whoops. just being like, Whoopsie oh, I was Nazis. aiming at not Nazis, but oh, I accidentally just kept being a Nazi over and over again. What a series mm. of coincidences. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this is this is the thing of that, like, people are right in that for the most part, White nationalists, white supremacists, the alt-right, they're a bunch of fucking dipshits. They're idiots. Mm -hmm. But there are just enough of them that know what they're doing and know how to do it just subtly enough to try and, you know, push the boundaries. Like, Fraser Anning just showed his hand just enough by, you know, blatantly (laughs) fucking bringing to mind the Holocaust (laughs) when talking about Muslim asylum. Oh, invoking the final solution in his opening speech to Parliament. But... But someone like uh, Ferravanti Wells knows enough to sort of like, you know, if, if I can stay in government, because she was back in government in the year 2007, if she can stay there long enough, she can do enough to help people. If these people stay off the radar just enough, they can help people. If they can keep their rhetoric down to it's just a joke or I didn't know just enough, mm. they're very fucking effective at doing this. Mm. And people need to start recognizing that more and genuinely calling it out more. 
Like, I'm glad to see Twitter had a lot of, like, bringing up the past for Wells and talking about what she's done. But that needs to be in every major news story. It's like, she's previously been linked to them. I, I think there's a, a also a thing of, like, I honestly don't believe that Conchetta Ferravanti-Wells is a card-carrying member of the Nazi party. I just think that she's sort of passively indoctrinated enough into white supremacist ideology hmm. that when she's hanging around Nazis talking about Nazi shit, it doesn't... F- flag is wrong for her. She's like, mm. yeah, I mean, they're just talking about the same stuff that we're always talking about at the yeah. fucking Liberal Party headquarters because, let's be real, Australia is a deeply white supremacist nation. We're founded on a genocide. Our national day is celebrating the day of that genocide. Like, I think Australians, just across the general population, are of course going to be more vulnerable to Nazi ideology because in the same way that, like, men are more vulnerable to becoming, you know, sexual assaulters because we're raised in a society that is steeped in misogyny. Like, yeah. it's it's the same thing. Like, Australia is a very, very racist nation. And so you don't have to overcome as much non-Nazi, you know, firewalls in the brain to get that ideology in there. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, it doesn't even matter really whether she's a card-carrying Nazi or not. Because the options are, A... She believes in the supremacy of the white race and therefore should not be anywhere near government. Or B, she doesn't realize why that's bad and doesn't understand anything about the Nazis or white supremacy. (laughs) And she shouldn't be in government. (laughs) Like, I don't care if my surgeon is trying to kill me or not, but if he doesn't know where the liver goes, I don't (laughs) want him near my body. Here's a, a fun thing you can do after all of that. Um, I've got a video game recommendation for you, uh, which we don't usually do. It's called Trash the Planet. We'll put a link in the notes. Look it up. It is just an amazing little political, socialist, environmental game Fuck, it's that good. legit is extremely fun and cool. And you start playing it and you're like, oh, this is just a silly little game about raccoons. And then you play it for another two hours and you're like, whoa, that is... <laughs> Yeah, it really does end on a like, oh my god, that game. Man, I'm yeah. going to play it's, this tonight, actually. Yeah. It's really good, Mitch. You should play it's it. It's fucking good. It's, it I haven't played it yet. I want to play it. You should it's all fun play as well. It. It's not just like, oh, you guys want a real like full-on narrative experience. No, it's like a neat little cookie-clicker game. Um, it's just, you know, quite little addictive sort of thing. Yeah. But unlike cookie-clicker, doesn't go for 100 hours. You, you're done in an evening. Top recommendation from me as well. So much fun. So well-written. Awesome. Another shout out is the Renters and Housing Union, Rahu. Uh, We're holding a rally against the evictions that are likely to be taking place from the 28th when the eviction moratorium ends. Uh, Some states have already started to roll out their ideas for forever debt, in which renters are essentially in indentured servitude to landlords. Um, At the time of recording, Dan Andrews has stayed silent on the whole thing, which is causing no amount of fucking stress to plenty of fucking (laughs) renters in the entire fucking state. So, Rahu are holding a rally against that. And if you are a renter, if you know renters who are in precarious positions, if you want to uh, come down and shout about how fucked the whole thing is, Sunday, March 28th, 12pm at State Parliament, where all good protests are held. Thanks again for listening to Not Good Enough. You can get in touch with us on all the socials at NotGoodPod or email us notgoodpod at protonmail.com. That's it. Not Good Enough is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded.